Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics and Bird Podcast, number 82. Joining us, our head squawker, Mac. Hey, everybody. And we've got Kimberly. The the, the end what podcast? The, oh. and, and Bird podcast. And Bird. Yeah. Bird, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, um, what, I, okay. Are, are you good with that? I, I don't know what that means. Go ahead. Though. Kimberly, it means that uh, it means nothing. Where's your where's your close where's your closest pet smarter pet go? You're gonna need to run out and buy a parakeet. <laughs> I need to buy a bird. You're telling me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a cage. The whole setup's probably not gonna run you more than two hundred. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Okay. And chop and, chop. Yeah, Tempest Fugit. And of course, uh, Ian is with us as well. And I was just thinking we were supposed to be skeptical about the existence of birds. Oh, you know what? I I think that that's a, a lovely way to start. Well, we, actually, we could do. We you could know. Do, you know, funny thing, Tango actually ran a pretty interesting scientific experiment this week. And his results were that if you fly full speed at a cockatoo, it doubles in size. It's always been my experience. Yep. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun with birds around here. We've got the school birds here for spring break as well. And, of course, we had a bleeding wing, and I stopped the bleeding, but I still, you know, took Blood it out. feather? The, um, yeah, and but the feather, when I pulled it out, it looked like it broke. Okay, um, that's but, that's normal for a blood feather. Right. That's, that's normal. Uh, you know, usually it's a good idea to keep a... First of all, what kind of a bird was it? Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, I got the bleeding stopped and took it to Nancy, and she said, well, you did all you could, so we were done. Yep. Okay. Is it okay? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. But it's the most... But it's, it's just a, it's a little... Um, it's a Japanese quail. Okay. And uh, one they, of those one of those button quail or no no it's a Japanese quail of some sort but anyway mm. yeah so okay. but so we had you know so we've had so many birds around here and yeah it's been fun since it's a Japanese quail that means it's probably smaller and more efficient than uh, an American quail well since it was Japanese I was worrying if the whole thing was sapaku but uh, I can't prove that <laughs> there that was a joke for Mac everybody all right let's have yeah. some announcements. <laughs> Oh, announcements. I'm totally not ready. Give me a second. All right. No, I got it. Um, no, forget it. We're we, done. <laughs> it's just such a narrow window I have to go through here. Like a bird. It's like going through, through a window. You know what? It, it, it's got to be easier than a camel threading the eye of a needle, right? Something, something like that? Yeah. yeah. Well, camels okay. can't thread the eye of a needle. They don't have, they don't have thumbs. I think that was Jesus' point. Okay, so Thursday, April 4th, uh, at the Secular Hub, we're doing a movie night, and this next week we're going to be doing the classic Elmer Gantry, which is apparently about this con man who sets up his own religion. should be fun. Uh, also that night, if you are interested in something a little bit more uh, scientific, the Denver Museum of Nature and Science is doing an evening in IMAX, Titans of the Ice Age 3D. Friday night, we've got the Hub Hang. Come over at 5, hang out. Um, Saturday, April 6th, the Recovering from Religion group is meeting. On Sunday the 7th, we've got Coffee and Community at the Hub, which has been really a lot of fun. Um, the following week, on Thursday the 11th, the movie night is at the Hub is going to be Idiocracy. And also down in Colorado Springs, there have the Pikes Peak Skeptic Society is doing a presentation by Bart Ehrman called Misquoting Jesus. Good Let's book. see. Sorry? It's a good book. Oh, okay. I didn't realize it was a book. I thought it was just a lecture. Yeah, it's it, but... it's his um one of his books. And so Great. and it's one of his it's not a new book either, so I you know, I have a book <clears throat> called Misquoting Jesus. I didn't remember the name of the author that and would, yep, it's because Herman. it was so old I figured that this must be something else. That's why yeah. I didn't associate it with the book. Yeah, no, I think I think that the book you got is is by Bart Ehrman. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
Good deal. Okay, so we're up to Friday the 12th, uh, another Friday night hub hang, and the Denver Philosophy Meetup Group is doing the beginning of Infinity. On the 14th, in addition to the regular coffee and community, uh, the Pikes Peak Skeptics Group does their Sunday brunch at Southside Panera. And that night is the April uh, Humanists of Colorado meeting, and we're having a presentation from a scientist on plant genomics. Uh, sounds really interesting. They're apparently... The, the scientists are prepared to bring back or, or are getting prepared to bring back uh, prehistoric plants through genetic engineering, which sounds really cool. Hmm. It seems safer, safer, more ethical than animals. I, I've seen that movie. Don't they just end up, don't the prehistoric plants just eating, eating a, end up eating a bunch of modern plants? Right. <laughs> well, yeah. One of which was played by Jeff Goldblum. Jurassic Day in the Park. Yes. Yeah. Um. It was Let's a see, what else film. do we have? Tuesday, April 16th, the Boulder Atheists are doing the Atheist Classroom. On the 17th, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson is down in Colorado Springs. And unfortunately, I hear that the, the, film, uh, the presentation is completely sold, uh, out. sold out. And uh, other things I just wanted to mention real quick was that at on Saturday, April 27th, Mile High Skeptics are doing Skepticamp. They've changed the location to a different uh, library, but it's still on. And I'm sure it will be wonderful. And we're still getting more information on the uh, the Colorado Secular Conference. It's looking like we're going to be trying for July 20th. I'll have more information on that soon. And that's about it. And, of course, you can always find all of your events in the Denver metro area on secularhub.org slash events. All right. Very okay. good. Okay. Quick, quick question about the announcements. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we assume that all of the ones that are not actually in the document are ones that you made up for the April Fool's podcast. No, we're we're from now on and you see it's a pain in my butt to put them on the website. And so uh, like last week we just you know put a link to the secular hub where the events are already up. So now okay. so, so just, yeah. That way right. it's easier on me. And it, and it's all about me. Uh, oh well that's fair <laughs> enough. I just had a question. That was all. Yeah, no, I like this much better. One link. There's nothing but a question. One link to rule them all. There, gotcha. there we go. One link to rule them all. So what's yeah, up with I the... think that link should be written in the language of Mordor, however. All right. Unless you can tell me about Boy Scouts, I need you to, to hand <laughs> the mic over to Ian. Okay. So a brief update on Saturday. They still haven't officially done the gay band thing, you know, decide which way they're going with it. That's still supposed to be in May. But, of course, it's still big news. A couple of the leaders were, I guess, in Orlando and did a talk. And Wayne Brock had probably the most insightful small bit of dialogue ever said in this argument that I think he needs to look at and see what he said and think about it because this is, to me, what's the most important thing he has said yet. And it actually it is perfect in saying this is why we should end the ban. And the quote, and also, the quote basically says that the present generation is on the right track, and this guy's admitting it. <laughs> but the quote is, you know, the younger generation does not view this the same way the older generation does. They don't understand what the big deal is. Right. And that's a really interesting point. There was, But there were some other terrible arguments. And one of the ones that's driving me nuts is that this is going to harm the kids. Yeah. How? How does this harm the kids? We, we, we end the ban and we stop talking about it and we go on with what we're supposed to be doing anyway. Yeah, and we be inclusive. That's the argument that comes up all the time on everything. It's like, oh, it's going to hurt the kid. Really Provide show me to do it first. Don't just say that. They're just words until you have evidence to back it up. And time and time again, when they've looked into this stuff, no, the evidence says the kids are going to be fine. Well, yeah, and that's the that's the problem. But the, but the but we've heard. But part of the problem is we're hearing that. Well, then there's going to be more 
pedophilia or something. I mean, it's that's kind of that's what some of the other articles that we that we went with this last time seem to indicate. It's like you already have that problem. That's from people who claim heterosexual. In fact, most of the cases on that, you know, generally it's not homosexuals who are committing the acts. It is heterosexual males have issues because right. an um, adolescent boy is not the same as a grown man. Their bodies are actually more feminine. Well, I think so. one of the yeah one of the main issues here is that we have more problems with people who can't acknowledge their own sexuality right. than the people who do. But still, like I said, I just love that quote because this is a guy who's trying to, to give us reasons why the ban should stay in place, and he gave us the exact reason why it shouldn't. Because right. Scouts right now. What the heck is that, Mac? Why are you um, pushing the discrimination issue when they don't get it? Yeah. And, and, I, I, and, and, and Boy Scouts is about, like, who are we supposed to be focused on? Is it the, the leaders and the adults or the kids? I thought it was about the kids, and if the kids don't care... And this generation gets it. Why are why is this older generation who should not really? I realize they're running it, but and, it's not yeah. an issue for the kids that they're serving. Right. And it's not an issue. My the boys are homosexuals constantly. Actually, we know quite a few, and they don't think it's a big thing. The, but the, one of the main things that we keep saying is that they're trying to they're trying to make an association between being gay and molesting little boys. And, and they've always tried to do that. I know, and there's it's, no connection there. A, that's been something that's been around since at least the at least like the late 1930s. Really, that, that particular. Um, it, my mom went to my mom went to well went to school. Clearly, um, they had a teacher there who was either either gay or pedophile, and I think that the two are different sexualities entirely. But he was either gay or a pedophile. And somehow the the two things got associated in my mom's mind to this day. So, have you guys seen anything by the um, Guatemalan anti anti gay rights activist? No. I put some. I put one up on my Facebook page. He's basically going around saying a lot of uh, slanderous things about uh, Uganda. I'm sorry, Ugandan um, anti gay rights activist. And, um, you know, he's, he's talking about them eating poop and all this ridiculous stuff and he's showing them these pictures. I mean, he, he's basically, you know, associating some of the most, well, I mean, it's, yeah, some people do do that stuff. That's why those pictures are out there, right? But he's presenting as, as this is what's going on in every homosexual home. Yeah. Uh, you, you've seen I've, stuff like that. I've had some weird debates with people. Believe what's it the, all. Uh, what's the logical fallacy there? Eats the poo poo. <laughs> That's illogical. Thinking, thinking poisoning the well. <laughs> poisoning the well. Yeah, ex- I think you're exactly right. And that's exactly what his intention is to do. He is, he's completely dishonest. And he, and he's telling everybody, this is what Barack Obama wants to bring to Uganda. It's like, oh my God. It, uh, the video is, is pretty, pretty bad. It's not safe for work. Okay. And so, Uganda, of course, is the, is where they've now made it uh, the death penalty for being gay. Right. And they just had a, a, their pride parade there, which, I can't even imagine how brave and gutsy you have to be if you are facing the death penalty to be in a pride parade. Oh yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable, and people still are are doing it. It's it absolutely is mind bending. Yeah, actually, we should probably have to take a closer look at that. But what's what's going on there right now is 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 pretty sick. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so that's our serious part of the programming. Well, I, I, I hope well, it's not all of it. Well, we'll make I it think. at the end, but today is April 1st. 
And uh, that means today, at least the day we're recording. So most of you probably won't hear this on April since we take a couple days to get it up. But we figured it'd be a fun day to talk about April's Day. Which, uh, you know, looking through the references, um, it, it historically wise, no one knows exactly where it came from, but it's been around for hundreds of years. But there is actually no real reference to how it started. But really right. <laughs> um, you know, there's the internet is very much guilty of encouraging. It's a perfect tool to encourage it. A couple of years ago, the Star Wars website retrograded the website to um, it was 1982 style. So you had the um, spin graphics everywhere and they were promoting the upcoming revenge of the Jedi. it was actually very fun and it was a you know fun one you know and a lot of websites do that like i think google every year does something um and these are just fun ones that are just being done just to be silly and that's gets so common anymore okay right and so i mean a lot you put a lot i mean a lot of the stuff that you put up here is from think geek and a lot of these are are pretty funny and like the tauntaun sleeping bag is one that they put up as a prank and actually ended up producing one i was going to bring up the one website that every year does a whole batch of them is called think geek they are brilliant and they basically they are a um merchandise website you go on you find great geek items and they cover just about everything you can imagine and some of the stuff is brilliant. Some of it's like, is that real? And that's, you know, the way it's supposed to be. And the, he just mentioned the Tauntaun um, sleeping bag from a few years ago. It was a joke. It's brilliant. It looks awesome. Yeah. And he had so many people say, we want this. They looked into it, and it's now an official licensed product. And you figured yeah, they might be But I so thought it smelled bad on the outside. Yeah, I, I, you do wonder if they have some sort of smell thing to make it accurate. <laughs> but, um... They, they they definitely put work into it. These are they have to make the initial product to take pictures of. So you figure in all these jokes they have the real product made at least one of it. Well, not necessarily. Well, like, yeah, some of it. This is something they could easily do a. Uh, this is something they could easily through a, do a CGI mock-up of. Some right. of it, yeah. The, I'm looking at the Admiral Akbar singing bass, and they could easily do a CGI mock-up. Of yeah. That. Well, how about Super Wee Wee Brother or Super Pee Pee Brothers? Oh yeah, I fell for. Yes, I remember. I remember this when this one came out. I first saw that. I'm like, I want that game. That would be <laughs> such an awesome game. And what it is is it is um, and they have a great backstory for it. The yeah. guy from the site was over in Japan and was trying to figure out why all these girls were lining up to um play this game. And basically, what the game is is you have a um, I'm not even sure what they call it, but a basic um holster that fits around your private parts and you put a Wii controller in it <laughs> and basically it simulates a penis okay so we were talking strap on Wii here exactly strap on Wii that's exactly what it is yes and then the game itself they have graphics of it they actually went through and made real graphics you can watch a demonstration of the game where basically you're trying to urinate in toilets and um, if the cats pop up and you hit the cat that's extra points <laughs> and it just is such a ridiculous sounding thing. It's like I want it just because it'd be an awesome thing to have and for conversation alone. I mean, it just sounds hilarious, and it sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. But you know, it's it not real. They're actually there used to be. Um, you, you've probably seen the Spencer's stores and mall, and one of the mm-hmm. things that they sell is joke products. You know, prank prank products essentially. Yeah, they used to have a game that you could buy. As a as a joke for like you know for a birthday gift or whatever called potty pot shots where you essentially had a crosshairs that would fit over your Johnson and you had little floating tar- targets that you could put into the toilet to hit 
this is real. This really actually existed. I, I thought it was actually a potty training tool. That's what it sounds like. I know they've done, They've done some... that kind of stuff before. But here's the, here's the thing is that thinking illustrates one of the things that's most important about an April Fool's joke is that, number one, it's 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 plausible. Yeah. It's a little bit ridiculous. And it's harmless. Yeah. And then, like I said, in this case with the PP Brothers, when I found it was an April Fool's joke, I was like, oh, man, I still want the game. Right. I, I, I was not upset that they got me, especially with how brilliant and how much work they put into it. But, you know, it worked well. And that's, um you know. One of the things with gullibility, and gullibility often works when you can get it just right like that, when you can do something that is just slightly ridiculous but believable, and, you know, people will fall for it. And actually, another example to me was the DC Comics to Prosecute Tattoos. Uh, This was out two years ago, and the article basically reads that at a a recent convention, um, people from DC Comics got upset by seeing how many... DC Comics-based tattoos were out there, and they weren't making any money off, off it. And we're, uh, the, the article is talking about how it's unlicensed artwork and it's bootleg stuff, and we've got to crack down on it and stuff. And it's now, a very – That is almost believable. No, it's right. not. It's, it's a legal nightmare. It's absolutely unbelievable. That's what I thought when I read it the first time. Is It That's, was ridiculous. DC has done uh, some rather ridiculous stuff in regards to cracking down at times. Exactly. That's why I'm saying it's almost believable. You're familiar enough with DC. This almost sounds like an asshole thing they it might do. It sounds something like something they might try to do, maybe, but it's not something that would work. Not the thing. You 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 don't think it'll work, but it sounds like something you could see a company like DC Comics, who has been known to do asinine things. Really, they're that big of shits. That they have yeah. been. Wow. Yeah. The, well, and the, I know I know the Star Wars franchise has been like that. Um, certainly in the beginning of of as the web was becoming popular, they were on a desperate battle to constantly stop people from using their stuff. Right. And would go after tiny little, you know, sitting yeah, well, in your mom's basement websites. A lot of them started realizing that they should just step back. Mm-hmm. And EC's been one of the last ones to get weird with some of it still. And it's not even just the internet. DC's gone after people outside of the internet for, um, the, 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 the one I'm most familiar with is they went after Toy Fair magazine who had a, um, in the middle of their magazine had Twisted Mega Theater, which then got changed to Twisted Toy Fair Theater. Right. And in front of everyone, even, they, they didn't pick on one company or another, but DC, I guess didn't like the jokes and said, Hey, listen, um, you know, even though this is parody and by all, you know, rights is, should be legal, we don't want you doing it anymore. And so t- they dropped all the DC jokes and whenever they reprint them, they have to redo them completely and put in a Marvel character normally. So Marvel, like, act, it's or more, like make a yellow Batman. Yeah. Something but, like that. You know, they turned it in a joke themselves, but it's like, you know, DC for the dumbest reasons decided to be asses about it. Hmm. And so when you read something like this, after knowing some of the stuff DC's done, it's like, oh, are they really going to do this? But then, you know, if you look and see the date, and you're like, oh, it was put out on April 1st, okay. But that, that this represents, to me, exactly how it works. You pick something that you know has a level of visibility. Like Brian said, it, it, it would never work. What they were trying to do just couldn't be done. But it has that level of plausibility, especially since I know for a fact that often companies have cracked down on, um, like, cake making companies. If you go to a cake decorator, um, some of them have been um, set up. I, I've heard stories about this. They, um, I believe it was whoever owns the rights to the Peanuts character went into, I believe it was Cakes by Karen, and asked them to do a Peanuts cake, a Snoopy cake. And she did it, and then they came after her for doing that. Hmm, because I think of, I heard something about that. And so, um, at that point, she's like, I will do no characters. 
I'm not even, I, I don't care if, you know, it's one that they generally are, aren't strict about. I'm just not doing it anymore. So th- this fits into having various levels of plausibility to it. But in the end, you know, it's, it couldn't happen, and it's a bit over the top. And it's not funny. Yeah, I, 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 when I, you know, realized it was April's Fool's joke and they got me, I was like, okay. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be overly funny. It doesn't? Isn't that the whole point of the April Fool's joke is to get a laugh? I would say it's the whole point of the April Fool's joke is to, is to you know, fool somebody and to get a laugh out of it, yeah. But you can it's... still laugh yourself when you fall for something like that, and that's kind of how what happened to me. Is I'm like, okay, they got me. Well, PB Brothers is funny. This one's just stupid. <laughs> True or not. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, I generally think geek it, it does do it different. You know, everyone has a different level of how they want to fool people. And, you know, we'll go into the, um, drawing the line that, that you focused on at the end here. Yeah. But, you know, th- th- this doesn't cross the line being bullying. This is to you, you didn't find it that funny. That's fine. No, no, I didn't, no, I, I think it's harmless. I just think, yeah. it, I just didn't find it funny. But I did like this um, top 100 April Fool's Day hoaxes of all time. This definitely shows you a, a good history of it. And I guess one of the most famous ones was in 1957. The BBC actually reported that due to a mild winter, um, the <laughs> the spaghetti harvest was going to be really good this year. And they actually show a picture of people pulling spaghetti off of trees. And my understanding is they actually got people coming in asking about how they could grow. Yeah, the people wanted to know how to grow their own spaghetti tree. And they said, well, take some um, spaghetti, put it in a, a can of tomato sauce and hope for the best. Yeah, that doesn't actually work. <laughs> I, I actually really kind of like number two here. The Sid Finch one, um, the April 1985 issue of Sports Illustrated had a story about a new rookie pitcher who, who, were gonna, who was going to be playing for the Mets. His name was Sid Finch, and he could reportedly throw a baseball at 168 miles per hour with pinpoint accuracy. He'd never played the game before, but he learned how to pitch in a Tibetan monastery. That's, uh... <laughs> uh, these are some fun ones that can no, do the history of it. I mean, there, there's yeah. some good ones on here. The Taco Bell Liberty Bell. Yeah. Um, the left hand, uh, left-handed Whopper. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that instant color TV too. Instant color, yeah. So I mean, a lot of these are cute. But what do I'm, I'm trying to think? What, what was it? The War of the Worlds thing was. Uh, that was an April Fool's joke. It doesn't though. matter. It was still in the it, same vein. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Except that one kind of backfired because yeah. it freaked a lot of people out. Well, but there you go. That that would be my point. Is where it kind of where these things start to cross the line. And I realize that what didn't happen on April Fool's Day, but at the same time. But it wasn't supposed to be a joke. They even yeah. kept announcing this is a. Um, program. This is fiction, and yet people uh, weren't that, that part is of true. It. Yeah, they were people bought it anyway. It was presented as a news program in the you know contents of the piece, but you know they had given um actual disclaimers saying the following is a special fiction piece. However, it went so that was a little different. That was, but that goes into the gullibility part. You know, people heard it and you know didn't have all the information and you know believed what they were hearing to be real. So it's like the uh, it's like the episode of The Simpsons that uh, they killed off my favorite band on the episode of The Simpsons, Spinal Tap. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I, I there are that... there are actually people out there who believe that Spinal Tap was a real group after seeing This Is Spinal Tap, right? And the guys, the, who, the guy, yeah, the, <laughs> the guys who the, the the three actors who were Spinal Tap though and who came up with this, they said this is brilliant. This is when the left goes so far that it becomes the right. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the mockumentaries are, are, you know, certainly one type of prank that we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do like uh, number seven on this list also, about Alabama changing the value of pi to the biblical value of 3.0. <laughs> so, I, I think that, um, you know, there's a level that we want to be fooled. And, you know, not in the serious sense that we want people to um, con us and stuff, but we we don't mind, you know, little jokes being played on us, especially if, you know, I think most people have a sense of humor about it, you know, especially on some of these, like with the PB, PP brothers. That got me, I'm fine with that, that was a well-done joke, you know, I, I, I doubt anyone really got that upset if they fell for something. Well, because, I would hope not, because, you know, that, that one is is silly and funny, and I think harmless. And then Kimberly put one up today that, um... Who put this out, Kimberly? I found it off of the Global Secular Humanist uh, Facebook site, and I couldn't find like they weren't even trying to say it was from in whatever newspaper, but um, it it's, it says it's the April Fool's prank backfires on Pope, and it talks about how the new Pope uh, came out and said that um, God had revealed to him that homosexuality <laughs> was fine with God, abortion was an issue, he was willing to bend the rules on according to circumstance. That wearing condoms in countries rife with AIDS was now encouraged, uh, according to the Lord. And basically, and, uh, a joke on um, everyone else. And right. what this joke is saying that the, bad, the Pope was trying to play a joke. Right, right? And, then it, and then it backfired on him and everybody was really mad at him and he was all shit. Oh, I'm sorry, I was just joking. Um, and of course, you know, he, he did not do an April Fool's joke, or at least I'm assuming he's not. But again, it, it has that fun part of... Boy, they've come out with some ridiculous things out of the Catholic Church, and it's just close enough to be believable. Pope Francis be- seeming like he's kind of more lighthearted, more relaxed guy, more down-to-earth than what we've seen in the past. Maybe definitely more down-to-earth. Yeah. Apparently, he's refusing to have a special Pope wardrobe, and he's right. telling the cardinals, you know, if you buy something new, you better make sure what's in your closet is threadbare before you buy something new. Yeah, and I guess he got in trouble for washing the feet of a um, woman. I, I saw something yeah, on Yeah, she had AIDS or something. Isn't, he that, what, isn't that the story? What are you doing? I don't think he got in trouble for it, though. I didn't hear that. I, I, it, 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 I, I don't know the whole washing the feet thing, but I guess the Pope is... It's, it's, it's highly biblical. Christ yeah. washed the feet of his, of his disciples and told them that they needed to serve each other as he served them. Yeah, I really think, though, that, that in a biblical sense it meant something else. <laughs> okay. I, I I I I really do think that that's the case. Just saying. You know, it, when we're when we're talking about really good pranks, Google pulls some stuff every year that is. It, it's usually pretty out there, but it's it's pretty amusing. This year's was Google Knows uh, beta test for Google Knows. Last year's I think was uh, Google Pet Translator. Uh. So that that's the funner side of it. We will let Brian cover stickers. <laughs> what well, you got, Downer? Yeah, I do. Because here's here's the problem. Is that I mean, April Fools can be fun, but the, one of the problems I have with pranks in general is that I think that they get that that they're a way for people to be mean to people they don't like. <clears throat> and you know, I mean, certainly like when you're doing um stage work. There's a, there's a certain level of, of pranking that that is that is acceptable, um, and I can tell you some of the stuff that 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 we did um, that the you know to, to some of the actors that was actually probably a lot of fun, and I can also tell you some stuff that we did that was probably way way over the line that we should not have done. 
um, one of our best pranks in theater jokes was we um, when we were doing Little Shop of Horrors, and uh, one of the one of the girls has to pick up a phone, and uh, one of my friends wired it so that it would talk, and we played a recording when she answered the phone, and she wasn't expecting it. Um, another person had to flash somebody a picture, so we so we put so we made it a nude picture. So when he flashed the other person, they were flashing him, you know, a, a, a naked picture of a woman. Um, stuff. So, and so in, in theater, the idea is that you try and make it so that the audience should never know that a prank happened. Right. Right. Okay. So, and, and they can be fun, but they can go over the top too. We, um, there was a production where people were putting Vaseline on doorknobs and, and doing some stuff that was, that was actually, um, hazardous to the show. Um, but, and, but that's, you know, and so, so I've seen pranking from, from that perspective as well. Um, a lot of theaters now will have, you know, it's like absolutely no pranking because it can go too far and they'll say it just, it can't happen. Um, and so that, so that's one place where it, you know, it can start to go a little too far, but I think it also can verge on bullying, especially with, with younger kids. Maybe not even especially with younger kids, maybe with anybody who, who, if they, if they, they, they'll do pranks on a person just because they don't like that person. You know, I, I've always made it by policy to specifically not try to prank anybody I, I don't like. Just simply because uh, the inclination is there and the the desire is there to go for, to go too far with it. If I'm doing an April Fool's prank, I want it to be because I want the person to appreciate the April Fool's prank after it's been done. Yeah, well, and th- that's great. I, I just don't think that that is always the norm. And I think that, I think that, um, a lot of people don't necessarily think about these pranks. I mean, here, here, here's one <laughs> that, um, up at CU, how about putting marijuana in brownies? That's a heck of a prank, isn't it? Mm, that's poisoning food. Okay. Well, it's not poisoning, technically. Fortunately it's, for them, it uh, wasn't actually, poisoning. it is technically poisoning. No, it was not technically poisoning. Because it'd be, it, if they had put rat poison in there, it would have been. But but it wasn't technically poisoning. And because if it if it had been poisoning, I think they would have charged them with a felony for poisoning. They had a bunch of other felonies. They they and they told and they went through in the discussion about why it wasn't poisoning in the article that I read. It was drugging, though. It, it was drugging, absolutely, and it was conspiracy to drug people. Um, but but there's a prank that went horribly wrong. You know, people don't know what's going on with them all of a sudden, you know, and then we're taking people to the hospital um, for, for stupid stuff like that. I mean, there, there's somebody who wasn't really thinking about his actions. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the articles I have in here has, has some, some excellently um, planned out pranks that, that people have done. And I would say that, you know, some of these ones like uh, of the hundred, you know, um, th- they're pretty good. But I think some of sometimes they're just juvenile, like a cup that says I'm a douche on the bottom of it. Yeah. I mean, I, okay, I, I that that I don't find particularly funny. Um, but some of these, uh, he had one that was they had one that was pretty good. You know, but yeah, and I mean, the, so this article just really goes through like like really goofy, stupid pranks. You know, there's you know, and, and we see them all the time, and, and especially in older films. You know, they'll they'll put ink in somebody's coffee. You know, and they end up with black lips, stuff like that. I mean, it's like okay. Uh, I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff, but, but my, but my big thing was, when is it, when, when, where do we draw that line? When does a prank, um, become harmful? When does it become bullying? And when does it become abusive? And I think that that is hard to know. Um, one of the things, I, I don't know, has, has, um, Quinn been on a trip yet with the, with the school? He's gone on a few. Okay. They have, they have a no pranking policy on these trips, don't they? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, at least they did, you know, on, on, with Nadia's trip. I mean, we didn't, they didn't when I was, when I was at the school. 
Um, but they they had they have a um, especially with the younger kids. I I don't know if they do with 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 Quinn or not in the seventh grade. That would be interesting to know. But for like Nadia on her trips and 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 Tatiana and and anyway. With with my girls, they have they, there's a no pranking policy. It's you you if you any sort of prank, no matter you know how little it is, you're out. What? To to try and prevent this, you know, from going, you know, because they they don't know what's going to get out of hand. And I think sometimes it's hard to judge what kind of prank is going to get out of hand. Yeah, no, that's always difficult, you know, because a kid don't always know when to stop. Right. And so they, they have some stuff that one of the articles talks about kids at colleges and how they're, they're looking to analyze this stuff. But, but none of them, I think, address, and maybe it, because it's very difficult to address, how, how do we, how, how do we do these pranks without, without, without making somebody the butt of the joke and, and, and drawing that line between bullying? And so that's what, that's where I get concerned with this kind of stuff. Certainly I've been the butt of many of these jokes of people who just didn't like me that were pulling a prank. Yeah, I mean, I'll have to say I'm I'm not much into the pranking thing. I mean, I I, I remember doing one once in college and just regretting the hell out of it. It was it was really just I mean there was no other way around it, and I felt really bad afterwards. And I I don't think I've really tried to even pull one since then. And you know I I like to have a sense of humor and not take myself too seriously, but I I don't think I'd be very thrilled with a prank being pulled on me, especially an elaborate one where someone's gone through all of this work just to get me. Yeah. Well, me and my boys will try and scare each other and stuff. They um, you know, learned that it, um, to be cautious coming down to the basement because what used to happen is I hear them coming down the stairs and quickly find a place to hide and jump out at them. Well, okay. And stuff like my wife is really easy to scare. It was funny. Um, one night, okay, she, she's afraid of spiders. So one night, she walks into the room, and it started off not even a prank. There was a little piece of um, thread that was kind of all mixed together, and you couldn't quite tell what it was. She thought it was a spider and jumped. Well, I, I picked it up and showed it to her. She walks out of the room. I put it right on her pillow. Five minutes later, she comes back in. The exact same piece of thread that she just jumped at was now on her pillow. She saw it there and jumped again. Okay, but you're playing on one of her fears. You find it hilarious, but but, but she's getting scared in the process. And see, but she does laugh about it afterwards. And it's good cardio. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I pulled one on uh, I pulled one on Sam. This is back when we lived on the West Denver house, and we had these these the centipedes that would come up out of the basement. And she was absolutely convinced that the centipedes, centipedes were poisonous. <laughs> so she captured me in a plastic box and asked me to call around and find out what it was. So I called a couple places, and I got directed to the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. It was the Denver Natural Museum of History back then, Denver Museum of Natural History. And I got the insect curator who, after I described it to her, she said, well, it's a, it's a house centipede. They're, they're insect predators, but they're harmless to humans. So while I'm on the phone with the insect curator, Sam walks in and picks up the box, and I said, oh, hey, don't do that. They can eat through plastic. She took five really big steps back. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I admit that the some insect, of that stuff can be funny. The insect curator is like, you didn't just, oh my God, what did you just tell her? <laughs> right. There are, we have, one of the guys in the office used to always prank other people's offices. So one day when he was out, I finally, I took everything from his wall and just put it all on his ceiling. So his ceiling was covered with all his maps and stuff. Uh-huh. So there's kind of the kind of stuff, and I, I think that I think that a lot of these stuffs can can be can be 
can be funny and, and harmless. But I just think that any time that somebody is the target of a prank, they can very easily become abusive, very quickly slip into that realm. I don't deny that. Well, I said part of that is, you know, taking a joke too far. And I, you know, I, I've seen it with Quinn. He will start up a joke, doesn't know when to stop. I'm like, okay, it, it, it's no longer funny. In fact, it's gotten to be the point of annoying. You need to stop. And yeah, there's a name for that. It's called being a kid. Yeah. And so, you know, what Brian's talking about is under the same level. It's just not quite seeing the limitations saying, okay, I, I pulled the joke. I can stop now and let it be. And it also hurts when um, people don't have a sense of humor. The one time I went snipe hunting, um, I caught on actually after a few minutes, like, okay, we're not actually chasing anything. However, the other guy that they were pulling it on, he fell for it. He really got into it. And he was running around, and they convinced him that he actually had this great snipe call. And they got him to record it. They actually said, you know what? Record the snipe call because we want to use that. And he did it. And he had no sense of humor about it. When he realized what was going on, he was completely upset and pissed off about it. And um, luckily, they didn't take it too far. They could have with him, but he wasn't that well, that well liked. And aha, uh-huh. see, and that in lies the problem that I am talking about. Borderline bullying. Yeah. He was liked, and they they tried. They did the exact same prank to both of us to begin with. Like I said, I caught on. He didn't, and they were ready to push it further with him. But the way he was acting, it's like, okay, you know what? He's actually being too big of a jerk. And it actually made him less likable because he wasn't having a sense of humor about it. Oh, so it's his fault. So let's blame the victim here. In this case, I would. No, I wouldn't. I think think that that is where I think that the lines get fuzzy. And I think that's the problem. If somebody doesn't find something funny and somebody continues to push it because because now they know that he doesn't think it's funny. And now that they find a way to push his buttons – this is the problem, and this is why we. This is why a lot of times we have to say no pranking. But like I said, they backed off when they realized that he was being, you know, so well, that, upset about. It. Yeah, well, but it it was completely harmless. They hadn't actually done any harm. I, like I said that they started off trying to get me as well. It, it wasn't like they picked him out to get him. It but, is a it is a big difference when you're picking on somebody that's well liked versus picking on somebody that's not well liked. Because if somebody is already not well liked, they are they know they're not well liked, and they just think and and it becomes just people picking on them very right. quickly. In this case, what it was was wasn't sense of humor that made him. If he would have had a sense of humor about it, just said, "Okay, guys, you got me. That was a good one." It would have been fine. But the problem was is that he's he already knows that he's not well liked. And so people are, and so he just feels picked on. Well, like I said, at the same time, I was liked, and they they tried to do the same thing with me. So it wasn't like. So that makes it okay. And he wasn't being singled out. And this is exactly where I'm saying that there's a problem. I I would agree with you if they wouldn't have known when to stop. But in a harm. Okay. Let's say someone goes and does the PP Brothers thing, and um, they fall for it and try to order it, and they get really upset with the site and start. Saying, hey, why are you guys doing this kind of stuff? That's, you know, rude. That's impolite. You know, you made a fool of me. How dare you? Yes, but they didn't go out of their way to, to focus on that one person. A lot of times the, what happens is that is the guy who's not well-liked gets pranked. And it's not and it's not out of fun. It's they vicious. They didn't go out of their way to get him. And just because they did it to you and they did it to him doesn't mean that they weren't being vicious to the one guy. And that's the problem. All know this group was probably more vicious to me than him, but it was because I actually had a sense of humor about it. Yes, but you were you were part of you were you were obviously already part of the group. He had been right. with them longer. It, it right. was a, is thing. there something you want to tell us about? <laughs> 
Have you been hurt? No, I, I just, I just, I've seen this over and over again. And what people do when they're pranking somebody they don't like is they also try to prank somebody else and go, "Well, we we did it to both of them." Like that's an excuse. And I see, and Why I've seen this behavior Brian? before. Brian, Why are you blocking? <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, that's, that's why I have I, a huge problem with, with what you're saying here. Because I, because I've been that guy. I've been that guy. Now, see, now we get to the root of it. There you go. See, that's why I can I can sympathize with the guy who's getting picked on. I, I, because I I've been the guy who doesn't fit in and gets picked on. And they may pick on somebody else, too, because that's their out. Yeah, But, Ian, essentially, you just represent everything that went wrong with Brian at school. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's... You know, beer swilling frat boys like you. Oh, it was long before before college. Yeah, beer swill beer swilling frat boys in uh, in grade elementary school. school. Yes, yes. Oh no, I do have a lot of bullying stories that I I could tell you. Huh. I I got picked on quite severely. Well, I have tons myself. There you go. But well, I, I just can't. I was, I was you... kidding, by the way. Yeah, well, that that's okay. <laughs> I think that's why this might be a touchy issue for me. And this is yeah. why I don't see I and and I think what what Ian is is demonstrating is is a little bit of a blindsidedness. That, well, they did it to me too. You and have to have been there to see the whatever. Reaction. The bullshit. Now, I'm calling you know, bullshit the, the on that. The thing of it is the fact that they did it to you too doesn't really to me But it's also the reaction. Yeah. He could have if, once he realized he knew what was going on, he could have actually laughed about it. And no, because people are all probably always picking on him. That group is probably always picking on him. They had basically because he was no fun to pick on. They had actually backed off on him because he had no, you know, he had no sense of humor. Seriously, he, you you didn't. Die. It's hard to have a sense of humor when you're the guy who isn't well liked. But it was because he didn't have a sense of humor that made him not well liked. Yeah, you know, see what they should have done. Is they should have arranged for him to find the dismembered body of one of the Snipes victims. <laughs> but there, there is a balance, and that's the other thing. You know, you're going from completely the other direction on this, Brian. Yeah, I and, am. Um, if he didn't try to get along with them, he didn't try to have a sense of human life. He came in, and the okay. bully well, always now, tries now, to let justify let me, let me himself. You, let me ask you this. Okay. Does he have to have a sense of humor and get along with everybody else? Does he have to have a sense of humor if to, to, to be, be liked? The group. And he, he was, you know, trying to be liked by the group by being an asshole. And it doesn't quite work that way. Yeah, see, but no. that, here, and here's a huge problem, particularly with kids trying to get along. I, I think the I think the advice on this, the best advice I've seen on this, is is going to come from the this week's Ogloff cartoon, which is that good and evil are relative concepts, but being a dick is just not not to be tolerated. There you go, and that's what I'm that's what I'm saying, and particularly in this situation with this snipe on, it sounds like a bunch of kids being dicks and picking on one guy. That's what it sounds like. Actually, being the dick. Well, that yeah. Well, well it, and, and see, that's the thing about it is you've got you've got one guy who's Maybe kind of a kind of a difficult person to deal with, but is being difficult to that person in turn a way of trying to drive him out of the group? And it, and does it at that point become bullying? It backed off. They figured it wasn't worth it. He, you know, and he was actually um, well, not necessarily included in everything because of his attitude. Right. But when he was there, they you know didn't they they, they stopped trying to do stuff to him because he but, just. Yeah. But the tragic ending up? that Ian's not bringing up with yeah. his story is that that same person accidentally got lost and disappeared <laughs> from it, it, it later in that trip. And right. They never found it. But did anybody back up and try and empathize with this situation? Probably not. 
And and that's and that's another problem with with these pranks is nobody takes it takes a minute to em- empathize with the person that's being pranked on and and re- really try to dis- really try to s- decide is this a good idea is this a good prank can there possibly be danger because most pranks happen in the spur of the moment somebody just decides that they're going to prank somebody else without yeah. thinking about the consequences. So I'm I'm not I I I think pranks are horrible for the most part. I think that there are places where they can work, but I think particularly in school, you know, with with other classmates, well, that, that, that they're I, a bad idea. They're a bad idea at camp, you know, when when people are away from their from their normal support structures. That's where a lot of the, these things happen a lot of times there, and and, and harm a lot of people. Okay. Awkward. <laughs> So we will move on to these two articles that I put down that I call, I can't believe these are not April Fool's jokes. This is where, uh, you know, the stranger than fiction kind of stuff pops in and you're like, wait a minute, is really happening? So um, apparently a few days ago, an Oregon woman was charged after the body of her mother was found outside a Michigan thrift store. <laughs> Basically, it sounds like the mother died outside of the thrift store. I I don't think they accept dead bodies, and it sounds like they were actually kind of upset by it. Now, the story gets really weird, because the woman and the mother are from Oregon. The body was found in Michigan, and the daughter at the time was, in, uh, was apparently headed for Ontario to hook up with her fiancé, but was arrested in... She was arrested in a whole different state. Like, none of the, these things seem to match up quite right as to how everything... She was apparently in a Port Huron Township, which is a place northeast of Detroit. Okay. So they're, they're from Oregon. The body was in uh, okay. The body was in Michigan, where the daughter was at the time, and somehow for Ontario. I think if there, I think if a body is dropped in a thrift store, it has to be in good reusable condition, and they they ask you to wash it prior to. Yeah, you know, there to was not much information here. I mean, I, I and I didn't try to look up the story outside of this, but I mean, how did the how did she die? I mean, so did she? Did, I mean, did she just leave, dump the body somewhere? I mean, what 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 happened yeah, here? I don't it, get it. It's a very weird story, but it's one of those things that because uh, one of the comments below made a reference to um, National Lampoon's Vacation. And how the the great aunt died, and they just left the body on the um, back porch. But it, it's one of those weird things. Like this seriously happened? What? So the, it, it's don't know the whole story, but it definitely sounds odd, and it does sound like the type of thing you'd expect for like an April Fool's joke article. Yeah. But you know, a few days old now. Well, if this is bad, what what about Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> yeah, Weekend Bernie's. Well, now see that body was in good oh. reusable condition. You jumped on Kimberly there, Mac. Sorry. That's okay. I was just saying that Weekend at Bernie's was indeed a bad movie. <laughs> hey, got a sequel. It did <laughs> get a sequel. Not it, prove it, does, anything. it doesn't speak well for <laughs> it at like all. There's like 600 Twilight sequels, right? Ugh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and then the other one I put in here, which is a little older, and it's one I couldn't believe when I first read it, but um, I don't know how many people have seen the Geico Pig ad. Well, the Geico Pig's been around, but um, he started off just being the one that goes, wee, 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 which seemed like a very kid one. But recently, they, I guess, updated him, turned him into a teenager as he can now drive. And there's been a couple of them with him driving. Well, the um, the one million moms are upset over this commercial. Uh, Ian? Ian, you faded way out. <laughs> oh, April Fool's, I turned him off. Not wanting to pause, and I guess that got in the way. Oh, 
So those automatic ad videos. Oh, okay. Anyways, so th- this um, the commercial the one million moms upset about has um, Maxwell the pig. I don't not quite sure we got a name, but um, he's sitting in a car with what we have. I have to assume is his girlfriend or at least his date for the night. And I guess their car has stalled, and he's showing how convenient it is to use the Geico app on your cell phone. Yes, all you have to do is touch, and you will get help. And she's apparently flirting with him and kind of suggesting they could do something to um, pass the time. And Maxwell, of course, pulls up Fruit Ninja! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you do when you have an attractive girl in the seat next to you. <laughs> well, <laughs> Fruit Ninja? Yeah. <laughs> apparently, the One Million Moms have decided that this ad is promoting bestiality. And that is just too offensive. Uh, okay. I watched it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious, and I thought, well, if the one million moms have a problem with this, I should get a mom to watch this. So I went and got my wife. I said, you got to watch this. She laughed her head off. She thought it was hilarious. She's um, like, so why are they mad about this? <laughs> it's a small sample size. Oh, it's a, it's, okay. It's a very small sample size. You should have had your mom watch it also. Uh, she wasn't here. She might, she, you know, I don't know. That, 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 it might be a demographic thing. Maybe it's older moms who have a problem with this. <laughs> It, maybe it's maybe it's moms who had things about a pig in the past. <laughs> well, okay, you but know, here's if the thing. you you know if you went and saw the movie Babe and certain feelings stirred, and there are, this, I, this this is probably going to be offensive to you. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking though that really the pig is just um, a plug-in for the average white overweight male watching football, <laughs> right? So we're not talking about bestiality. We're just talking about you know. We're talking about uh, we're talking about offensive stereotypes. Absolutely. Yes. Now, now we're talking <laughs> symbolism. Symbolism. But um, I, you you look at this as like are they really picking on uh, the ad? By the way, seems to have been pulled. I haven't seen it aired on TV since this came out. So regretfully, Geico caped in. It looks like, but this kind of humor has been around. I mean, if this upsets them. They should definitely be protesting the Muppets left and right. Because I recall a Miss Piggy special where, um, who were they? Basically, the whole thing revolved around her going after the dude that's known for having, like, the tan. What is George Hamilton. Yes. George Hamilton. And apparently it was a hot for him, but he wasn't interested in her. However, John Ritter was the one who was hot for Miss Piggy. Okay. Yeah. That, That whole special kind of revolved around that idea. It's like, I remember that vaguely. That was definitely more directly promoting bestiality. I mean, well, how about Miss Piggy and Kermit? That's interspecies sex. But they never. Uh, no, it's actually not because they're they're both puppets. Well, there you go. And see, and that is the the root of the whole problem here is we're not talking although, really talking about a pu- uh, pig. We're talking about a puppet. Yeah. Although, uh, although a sex with puppets is an entirely different ball of wax. Have you guys seen Neil Gaiman's Puppet Dreams? I don't think I have. No. No. I haven't either. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris's Puppet Dreams. Check it out. It oh, is not funny. Neil Gaiman. Okay. All right. Neil Patrick Harris. Okay. Actually, I think I have seen that. I have seen that one of those Neil Patrick Harris ones. So actually deals with what we were just talking about. The whole um, attraction to puppet thing. He has one that deals with that. Very funny stuff. Neil okay. Patrick Harris Puppet Dreams. Okay. But um, the general concept's been around. I, we've seen it. We've seen all variations of it. And this is actually, to me, one of the least. Um, twisted of them i've seen if this is what they're upset about they've got a lot of time on their hands and but what's funny is though is in the article it says that they've got thousands of mothers but you're the one million mothers (laughs) yeah one would presume that they have more than thousands well you would think but apparently thousands of mothers or they 
or they can't find good descriptive uh, just good descriptive adjectives regarding their actual numbers. Well, what is the U.S. population? It's like three million. Three hundred million. Three hundred, I think, right? Yeah. yeah, three three hundred million. So what's a couple thousand as far as the demographic is concerned? It's not a lot. But, Even one million is not a lot. And so it's easy to find a couple thousand people that are upset about something. Oh. It's just it's just an it's just an an equation of large numbers. That's it. That's all it takes. Yeah. And, and, it, and that it. equation of large numbers may be all in how you ask the question. Well, absolutely, it's all in how you ask the question. Well, definitely, if it had been put out today, I don't think anyone would have believed it. They would have all said, "No, this is an April Fool's joke." There's no right. way. Because like they they called it sleazy and stuff. It's like this isn't really sleazy. No, it wasn't sleazy. You know, on um, the subject of advertising, what? did you guys hear about the uh, Indian Ford advertisement that has the Prime Minister of Italy, the the former Prime Minister of Italy, driving the car with uh, three bound women in the trunk? I did you know? hear something about no, this. I, I don't know the no. whole story though. Uh, it, it, the story is that this is something that a young advertising person put together and it wasn't supposed to be released and so on and so forth and yada, yada, yada. Well, it got to the web, which means that somebody meant for it to. Right. And it, it spawned heard- talk, which means somebody meant for it to spawn talk. Hmm. <clears throat> now, there's one thing I saw today that I'm not sure if it's a joke or not, but, um, okay, Legos has the right to do Star Wars set. Right. They've, um, this last year, they came out with a new Jabba's Palace one. Well, this article I, I glanced over today, and I didn't really think much of it. I'm like, okay, that's just absurd. Now that we're talking about April Fool's joke, I'm like, I wonder if it is one. Apparently, the uh, Muslim community was upset with it because it looks too much like a mosque. And they're wearing Legos to pull it. That's hilarious. <laughs> but now that I think about it, I'm like, okay, I think that it was on there today. Because all, all I know is I read the headline, and I'm saying like, really? Well, that'll definitely get the set to sell like mad. But, um, Thinking about more, you know, especially having this talk about April Fool's jokes, I'm betting that's what it is. So, it, you know, there, there's interesting stuff out there that, it, you know, like that that's one right now in debate. Well, I'm going to have to put that Lego one down and find out if it's real or not. But it, sometimes it's just, you know, people really do stuff that sounds like it should be an April Fool's joke. So that was the point to those two stories. And what did Brian want to finish up? Oh, this one's great. Oh, yes. Brian, go. Yes. So, um, yeah, this this was a good story. This story was a couple of weeks. Actually, I found an update to it. Um, um, Brian, so, actually, before we go there, yeah. I just have to ask you one quick question. That that advertise the the page about the Oregon woman that was charged with dumping a body at the thrift store. Yes. I just want to know if you guys have the same advertisement on that page as I do, uh, which is the uh, body's human anatomy in motion at the Michigan Science Center. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just asking if you guys have the same advertisement because I'm thinking she probably dropped the body at the location. Yeah, <laughs> I have all the, I have all the ads blocked, so I don't have any ads on that page. Okay, but that's funny. I, I thought look at so. That I thought it was. I thought it was ironic. I thought it was a little fitting. Let me go see. Let me look at it in the browser without an ad blocker and see what I got. Uh, Kimberly, do you have it? I I don't have that one. No. Oh, shame. Uh. Apparently it's just me. I'm the only person who had that little that little bit of ironic internet goodness. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't see it. I see four. Oh, you know what? I'm 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 looking at it though. Um, I, I've got a an ad for Hannibal. <laughs> <laughs> Similar. Another good method of body disposal. <laughs> that was uh, that was actually you know talking about that Hannibal TV series. 
I, I mentioned that to Sam, and I prefaced it by saying this is not an April Fool's advertise. Uh, this is not an April Fool's joke. And she said, "Are you kidding about this?" I said, "I just said not an April Fool's joke." I found um, Muslim claims Java's Palace uh, Lego toy is racist as it is based on an iconic mosque in Istanbul. And it does kind of look like, um, oh, I was thinking not a mosque. I was thinking about uh, uh, Constant, Constantine built a, a church in Istanbul when it was Constantinople. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, you know, they, they followed the basic job of the palace and mine fairly close to so. It's not necessarily Lego's fault if there is something there. It's Lucasfilm who initially did it. I can't imagine after characters like Jar Jar Binks that anybody really wants to defend George Lucas of non-racial. I know. It it really, I don't know where (laughs) he got the idea, but I mean, it isn't exactly that unique of a, of a look. As far as I can tell, it's pretty, pretty bland and basic. I mean, we've seen a lot of structures that look like this as far as Maybe it's not bland and basic, but I mean, it's just not that uncommon is the problem. Um, and as to whether or not this is an, an April Fool's joke or not, uh, it's, it's like difficult the com- to say. Yeah, the I mean, article so- went up on, in January, so no. The complaint, and yeah, that's the complaint. Them pulling it is um, new today. No, this was, oh, well, that might be true, but it was published, maybe maybe the pulling of it, but it was published in, on uh, January 23rd. The, the um, initial complaint, that's what I'm looking found, just like you were saying, the initial complaint is from several months ago. Them, them actually pulling the set is all stuff from today. Yeah, yeah see, that now that is suspicious. And that would be I another. I see what this mosque looks like. Is the fact that it's following up something that really happened. You know, there was a real complaint. So, whether yeah. or not. You know, it's hard to tell. I really don't think it looks that much like Jabba's Palace, personally. But no, it doesn't. It doesn't look like the mosque and, either. You know, it's it's Tatooine. How can you tell if Jabba's Palace faces east or not? Here we go on YouTube. Somebody's asking the same question: Is it an April Fool's joke or not? Every none of these are what I would call. Uh, there's one in the Huff Po, but I wouldn't call that exactly a reputable source either. Lego is not pulling their Star Wars Jabba's Palace. Wait. Here's somebody claiming it's not true. This could be an April Fool's joke. Hey, hey, very kids. likely. What's that? The, the 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 live researching is probably not the best radio we've ever done. I, I'll I'll fix it in post. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Don't worry about that. It'll all okay. get shortened. It'll sound like it happened real quick. Like we were, Lego, oh, it could be gone in no time. <laughs> now we just gotta contact Lego and say, hey, listen, we did an ad for you. Give us money. Okay, no, it's an April Fool's joke. Uh, this guy says it's an April Fool's joke, so I guess we'll know tomorrow. But yes, it looks yep. like it's an April Fool's joke that they didn't actually pull it. Yes, some people were upset about it, but they didn't actually pull it. That would make the most sense. And that makes it, you know, going off of something that is out there works for a joke like that. Right, but then again, it comes back to those criteria. It's it, it's kind of funny. It's 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 plausible and it's right. harmless. Right. Yeah. Right now, let's go with the what is not necessarily a April Fool's joke, but it's definitely mocking someone who I think we all believe probably deserves it. You're talking about the Westboro thing? Yes, the the Rainbow House. So the, the you gentleman... Know, I, I'd actually kind of rather do that do its own podcast by itself, but... I don't know that it warrants a whole podcast. I'm sure there's I'm sure there's an hour and a half worth of material on the Westboro Church in general. Uh, do, you, do you want to do a Westboro podcast? Shall we hold off on this? I think we should do a Westboro podcast. Kimberly, vote. <laughs> 
Um, there's, I mean, there is some interesting stuff if we really get into it, the history. It would require some research, though. I mean, just making fun of them is not a show. No, but, but did you, researching we, which okay. ones, which of the kids have left and which are still in and what their marital status is and how many kids out of wedlock and where their money is coming from would make for great research and, and a show. But I don't know that anybody's really saying they want to do that. Well, I don't know. I think that would be good. I think that I think that it, I think that might, that might be one where we all need to kind of parse out, parse it out, and take a piece of it and try to make a good show. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Um, let's we can do this real quick. I mean, it's it's just it's just a colored house. Do you really want yeah. to save it? Get it. What? Get it. Okay. Okay. Because <laughs> what Kimberly's talking about is is a lot more than just this little house. This is just yeah. fluff stuff, really. Yeah. Okay. So unfortunately, this little house is not on the prairie. No. No. It's right across from this house. So rainbow house flagged uh, or rainbow rainbow flag painted on house across from Westboro Baptist Church, <clears throat> and and the house looks fairly good actually. I was looking at it, and it's uh, I think they did a good job. Yeah, they did a really good job of of, of painting it. Um, the, the, it's nice and vibrant. And so this gentleman, he was, uh, he, he, he was, uh, on Google Maps and he found the Westboro Baptist Church. And then he also found a uh, house across the street that was for sale. And he says, he decided, what's that? I've seen a few pictures. It's in great view. From, yeah. from his place, you can see the church perfectly. Right. So he decided, I'm going to buy that house. Well, he didn't get that house, he, but he did get another house on the on the street that that that's, that's fairly close, and he was able to buy that house for eighty thousand dollars. That he that he, he's calling the Equality House. Hold on a second. Are you saying that the Westboro Baptist Church's location is dropping property values in that area? Oh, uh, it, it well, I don't know. It, it's uh, in. What, oh crap! Where is Westboro Baptist? Where where is this? Uh, or, Topeka. Yeah. Yeah. So it's in Kansas. So I don't know what property values are like in Kansas as it stands. So, but yeah. So he. So they they painted the house and and they and they put it up. And I guess you can go to paintingpiece.org, and they're going to use it for you know um, for what is it for like um what did they say gay rights? So it's a gay. He it says it's a gay rights center. So it's so it's a, so it's a place for you know I guess I I don't exactly know what they're going to do there. You know, I I don't I don't really agree with what they're doing because okay. their location is going to actually benefit the Westboro Baptist. Well, Church. that's what the Westboro Baptist Church is saying. They're saying, listen, it just it just brings more attention to our cause. No, that's not it at all. Oh. What it does is it gives them th- something in the neighborhood to protest constantly, and it cuts down on their travel expenses. Well, that's exactly that's funny because that's exactly what I told my coworker. I said, well, hey, look at it this way. Now they don't have to fly out to all those places to to, to protest gays. Now they can just walk down the street. I said, that's going to tr- save them time and money on travel. Great minds. Yes, that's exactly what I told him. He says, boy, you really you really have a glass half full look of things. <laughs> but I, I do think that that is a potential issue, isn't it? Saving the Westboro Baptist Church money? I think it's a huge issue. Oh, though, I think they'll try and ignore the house. Well, they don't, they don't, they don't care. They think it just brings, it brings awareness to their cause. You know, that's something that they can use now, right? I mean, it, really, if there's anything that the Westboro Baptist Church is good at, they are, they're good at, at, um, at swooping in on stuff like this and really making a name for themselves. They are really good at getting a heck of a lot of advertising on very few dollars because this kind of stuff spreads so quickly and everybody's talking about the church. And, you know, it's one of those things that no publicity is bad publicity. 
I mean, you have a good point there. Yeah. So which is I, really kind of sad. Yeah, it is kind of sad. It, it is because you can't you can't very effectively protest them because, like you say, any any attention you give them more or less backfires on you. The ones that I think are brilliant, or the protests that I've seen are where like motorcycle gangs have shown up, not said a word, just rev their engines near them. Right, exactly. So nobody can hear them. I, I, I think, yeah, I think that that works well. I'm just not convinced but you that, can't engage. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the house and I'm, and I'm, I'm totally fine that they did it. I'm just not convinced that it does what they set out to do. Well, I mean, given that there's a lot of ridicule, and and you know you're right to some extent, but you know again, there's the the Westboro Baptists are so on the wrong side of history, and to do it right now is brilliant. Okay, I think. yeah, like you say, I I I just don't know. Um, but uh, on the other hand, I I would have done it too. <laughs> <laughs> so so whether or not it's the right or or it works out the way that they want, I, if I had been this guy. I I wouldn't have hesitated either. So I and so I, I'm I'm certainly not um, saying that he shouldn't have done it um, because I, I I think it's brilliant in some ways. Yeah. So I thought that I thought that was a I thought that was a neat little story. Um, yeah. It, but really, you know, actually, even they they got a quote from um, what's her name? It starts with an S. Cheryl's um, one of the Phelps daughters who yep. said that she liked the colors. <laughs> She was, she was not, they, they were not in the least bit worried about it. They, and, and that was probably the best way for them to play it too, is just say, Hey, nah, yeah, no, we, we like that house too. I do like the fact that they painted each band deciding a separate color. Yes. No, I think that's what makes it work. Mm-hmm. And they have a, they have a, they have a, they have an equality flag, you know, and, uh, so. But I, I guess on the other hand, if, if this is for, you know, for, for gay activism, that sounds horrible. <laughs> when I hear it coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um, but if you have these protesters, are, are, are those gay people going to feel okay going to this house to, to try and get the, the services that they need? I think we're, it's not 1989 okay. anymore. Uh, I mean, you know, there are some people who, who need a little bit more, you know, uh, what's the word? TLC, you mm-hmm. know, safe handling and stuff like that. And that's fine. I mean, everyone goes to their own thing. But there's plenty of places to find that kind of stuff now. The people who are going there are going to be other protesters. Okay. You know. Yeah. So I think it's okay. Okay. I think that uh, I think that somebody going to that house should uh, should give Fred Phelps a tongue kiss <laughs> just to just to get it on film, <laughs> just to get his expression. Shirley Phelps Roper. There we go. Boom. It is nice to have a destination in Kansas now. I mean, because you know, life is funny, and sometimes you have to go to Kansas. Nobody wants that. But now, if I ever get stuck in Topeka, I wouldn't have known what the hell to do with myself. And now I've got a destination. Right, and and it won't be hard to find. Right. So that's nice too. It's right across from the Westboro Baptist Church. Exactly. Just follow the line of protesters. Yeah, I don't think I've gone over the Westboro just for fun without without a really cool house to see. I still don't think that it would it would do much to to stand out in front of their church protesting them. No, no. All right, anything else? No. Well, I just found out that I, me and my family, made it into Westward for the weekend. I was going to say, yeah, oh, I yeah, did want you to talk a little bit about Anomaly yeah, Con. I followed you on Facebook. It looked like a lot of fun. It was a blast, and I'm looking through the best costumes of Anomaly Con three, and we made it in as a family. Nice. There's actually a really good picture of us. Uh, my youngest um, that day. This was taken on Saturday. Every day he had a different costume on, but Saturday he was the fourth Doctor from Doctor Who, and everyone loved it. And so this is a really good picture of all of us. But no, not only kind of the blast. I um, have enjoyed it every year so far. This year, 
I learned what tea dueling is. And oh, what yeah. is it? Yeah, what, what is tea dueling? Um, it's nothing at all like what you would picture it. Basically, um, you have cookies, you have a thing of tea in front of you, you take the cookie, you each dunk it to the count of five, you pull the cookie out, and you stare at it. And basically what you do is, um, the, basically you know a soggy cookie is going to fall apart. So you sit there, and you don't want the cookie to fall apart on you, but you want to be the last one to eat the cookie. So... The whole thing is a waiting game. You and your opponent sit and stare at each other and at the cookies and kind of wait. And when you think your cookie's about to collapse, you want to eat it and hope that the other person's cookie will collapse before they can make it to their mouth. <laughs> oh, so you're disqualified if your cookie collapses if you waited too long. Right. And I made it to, I was basically second place at the con for it. I made it that far. I was really good at it. And the main reason I lost is someone in the crowd made me laugh. They were just, uh, people <laughs> And, 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 you know, I, I can laugh a bit, but well, I forget what he said, but I just laughed too much and my hands are a little too much. <laughs> so it, it was definitely a fun experience. And I'm going, oh, me and this one guy were joking about how I need to do a training video, a training montage via like Rocky. That would be fun. Um, <laughs> doing uh, um, tea dueling stuff. And so I've come up with a few ideas. I think I will have to put something like that together. But a lot of great costume. Um, a lot of local authors there. Um, one thing AnomalyCon does that other conventions don't, is they will do a lot of focus on music, and so they had, I think, like six different bands that took turns playing throughout the whole weekend, so that was pretty cool. And just a lot of fun. I love doing the conventions. I wish, I wish we could afford to do more of them. Yeah, well, it's so great that it's a whole family thing for you guys. That's awesome. Yeah, well, we're taking the whole family to... Um, Comic-Con. That's uh, going to be a blast also. Yeah, that's going to be fun. You going to San Diego? No, no, no. no. We're going to the Denver Comic-Con. Oh, we okay, great. For now. Uh, uh, this will be the second year. Last year was the initial year of it. It was, uh, I forget how many people showed up, but they weren't expecting that many. And so this year already, um, it's a lot bigger, bigger stars, um, more and more people who are signing up there. It's going to be huge. So. And what's the date? Um, what is it is, I believe, the beginning of June. I want to say June 1st. I thought it was the end of May and beginning of June. It like spans that weekend. Because it's right when the kids get out of school. Because the first thing they're doing for vacation is doing um, Comic Con. Yeah, it starts May 31st, is the Friday, okay. and it goes till Sunday. And um, you know, a lot of people, uh, Stan Lee is supposed to be there, but he will be there Sunday only. Uh, George Takai will be there. Will Wheaton, who was supposed to be there last year, but ditched out the last moment with the bum. He, you know what? <laughs> I don't care about Stan Lee. I, I'm sorry. Anybody who I've got to pay to get an autograph from, give me a break. I haven't seen anything in this about him being a paid audience. Yeah, I think so. I think you got to pay to get in the line. You have to pay to guarantee you'll see him. I know that. Yeah. You know, that's, if that's I want to see Stan Lee, I'll just though, watch the Avengers. What's that? Isn't it pretty common to have to pay for autographs at conventions these days? For the actors, generally, yes. Really? Yeah. And it's gotten a lot more expensive over the years. When I started doing conventions, they were like five, ten dollars a piece, and only that included the picture. Now it's like forty dollars, even if you want to have like your action figure autographed. So I, I've stopped getting autographed because yeah, but see, it's not worth it. Artists and writers, they will autograph for free. I, I got a few last year on that. You could, but you can also just walk up and meet them. We walked last year. We got Bruce Baltzlider. We talked to him for a little bit, and the actor who played the sheriff in um. Eureka, we talked to him for a bit, you know. So you 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 can talk to him for free, but if you want an autograph, that's going to cost. Or if you want them to come around and actually take a picture with you, that'll cost. I'm not that sentimental. Yeah, but it's By so the way, cool. I, 
Oh, I know one thing you guys would have loved at Anomaly Con. They did a Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, sing-along. That's funny. Aww. Singing along to Dr. Horrible. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Gwyn really has gotten into Dr. Horrible, and he loved it. He's like, wow, normally I'm the, you know, I'm used to myself watching it singing along, but there's all these other people. So that was a blast. Right, I got I got to plug a movie here. Um, and this is not a, this is actually not an April Fool's thing either. I watched a movie last weekend called FDR, American Badass. <laughs> I think everyone should see this movie. It taught me things about history I never knew. I did not know, for instance, that uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt contracted polio from a werewolf bite. <laughs> okay. So it's, uh, yeah, werewolves carry polio. You mean you didn't know any of this stuff about pseudo history? No. What either. has happened to the History Channel, right? <laughs> I mean... Exactly, right? <laughs> oh man, that thing's terrible. I watched this. I watched this movie, and it was freaking hilarious, though. Well, okay, yeah. there we go. There's your movie recommendation for the week, and we're out. <laughs> and we're That's out of here. Say good night, everybody. Night, buddy. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics podcast. For more information about the Amateur Skeptics, go to AmateurSkeptics.com. To send us feedback, suggestions, or big flaming insults, feel free to contact us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. Other contact information can be found on our website. You can leave a voicemail for the Amateur Skeptics podcast at 720-295-7785. Music for this podcast was provided by OFM. To find out more about OFM, go to myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons No Derivatives 3.5 license. Thank you for listening to the Amateur Skeptics podcast. Amateur Skeptics website, Facebook, and podcast album art is provided by and copyright. Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Larger prints or custom pieces are available upon request. 